Hello and welcome to day 98 of our Bible reading course. As we arrive at the final book in the New Testament, Revelation. It's thought to have been written in the mid-90s AD during a fierce persecution of the church by the Roman Emperor Domitian. John, assumed by many to be the Apostle, has been exiled on the island of Patmos off the coast near Ephesus. Here he has a great vision, filled with all kinds of apocalyptic signs, symbols, numbers and creatures. We're not going to attempt to unravel all of that in the next three days. Instead, we'll focus on three visions of the Lord Jesus himself, beginning today with him here on earth, walking amongst his church. Our passage is Revelation chapter 1 verse 1 to chapter 2 verse 11, and then chapter 3 verses 7 to 22. Let's pray. Almighty God, my Heavenly Father, transcendent and highly exalted, and yet imminent and always close by, clear my mind and open my heart to your word now. In Jesus' name. Amen. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power for ever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned round to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash round his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. 
In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive for ever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now and what will take place later. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name, and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favour. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true who holds the key of David. What he opens no one can shut, and what he shuts no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole earth to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. 
the one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realise that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, so that you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so that you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes, so that you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The first thing to note as we open the book of Revelation is the blessing that is given in the third verse to those who read it aloud, hear it, and take it to heart. So we are all blessed. The number seven was understood in many ancient cultures to refer to completeness, wholeness, or even perfection. Revelation also uses the number in this way. Seven seals, seven trumpets, and here the seven churches with their angels, although there were actually seven of them. The geographical sequence of these churches is in a clockwise pattern around Asia Minor, starting with Ephesus. Perhaps this was the intended route for the prophecy to be taken. We also note early on the use of the designation for God as the one who is, and who was, and who is to come. Chapter 1 verses 4 and 8. Along with similar expressions such as the Alpha and the Omega, and the first and the last. They remind us of the sacred name Yahweh in the Old Testament, meaning something like, I am who I am, and convey his eternity and sovereignty over history, from its beginning to its end. This was vitally important for believers who were suffering persecution, who needed assurance and hope that God was still in control and would one day bring relief and vindication. This is the central theme of the book. The vision of Jesus is awe-inspiring and picks up the reference to the Son of Man in Daniel chapter 7 that we read and was much used by Jesus. Mention of his death and resurrection remind those who are undergoing trials that their Lord also suffered and endured to glory. They are called to do the same. 
Jesus then addresses each of the churches in turn. He knows and understands their situations intimately. He commends what is good, but also provides an honest and searching appraisal of what is not so good and needs to change. This is not done to condemn them, but as Jesus says to the Laodiceans, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. He warns them to change for their own benefit and before it's too late. Each time he concludes with a promise of future blessing for those who persevere and are victorious, and a final summons to hear and obey. John's vision of the glorified Christ is truly wonderful. As I listened to it today, was there anything in particular that stood out for me? Why might that have been? Maybe I can spend some time pondering this, or even go back and read the whole section again, prayerfully and worshipfully. Appraisals of any kind, such as at work, can be both daunting but also helpful for our progress. What do I think that Jesus might say to me if he were to write me a short letter? What are my strengths and where are the weaknesses? Perhaps I can do this exercise for myself when I have a moment. Or, if I'm feeling brave, ask someone I know well to participate with me. Jesus uses a number of vivid illustrations in speaking to the churches in Asia Minor. I take a moment to reflect on some of them and see if there's anything they may be saying either to me or to my local church. An open door. Lukewarm water. Jesus standing at the door, knocking. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that in the words of Psalm 139, you are familiar with all my ways. You want nothing more than for me to grow in my faith, flourishing and persevering to the end. I pray that I would never forsake my first love for you. And if it's become weak in recent months or years, I ask that you would renew me once again. I also thank you that you are sovereign at all times even during these strange and uncertain days of pandemic. Yet you are also present with me, walking as it were among the lampstands of your people. You understand the struggles we are all facing. Thank you for being my good shepherd. Amen. <laughs>